Nobody wants to think that all that time that you spent preparing for a show was affected by anything that could have been easily avoided. Is bodybuilding about selfies, steroids, magazines, and muscles? How do I become a successful pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor? Where do I even start if I'm new? And the biggest question of all, what are the judges looking for anyway? Even today with the internet, many people first discover bodybuilding by word of mouth. A lack of regulation has caused a boom of unqualified coaches, scattered info, biased advice, dangerous protocols, and posing trends that are a hot mess. After 20 years in the business, I have seen it all. Week after week, I'm gonna talk about taboo topics that get swept under the rug, provide you tips and strategies to gain a competitive edge and stand out on stage in any division or federation. I'm gonna answer all the burning industry questions without the bias. I have competed across six federations, earned pro status in three, and judged in two. I've coached posing and choreography for men and women in all federations and divisions. I know just how much competing means to you. I'm your host, Michelle Welcome, and you are listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast. Be sure to download your free guide, Five Things Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Show at eeinbb.com. That's www.eeinbb.com. What's going on, everyone? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding show. Got a cool story for you guys today. It actually happens quite frequently. I think there is so much ego in this industry with coaches who are win and pro card collectors that are also geniuses at marketing themselves as the coach to work with if you want to win. So sometimes it's hard to know if you're making the right decision for yourself. Unveiling the nonsense is a major drive for me and why I'm doing this show. And I have to laugh for a moment because did you know that coaches can become possessive? I had a coach that wouldn't let her clients work with me without knowing when all of their appointments were, and she had to approve them ahead of time. I would get inquiries from her people, and out of respect, I would let them know that their coach wants to know and be notified of working with me. Oddly enough, I never heard from one of those clients again after that. Not one. This was such an eye-opener for me, how controlling coaches are, and how easily influenced competitors are by their coaches. Most of the time, competitors, they come work with me after they're already working with a coach on the nutrition and training portion of their contest prep and have already picked a show. Most of the time, trainers will give their clients their blessing out the gate to allow their clients to work with me and the ones that actually have their clients' best interests at heart, that is. But then again, sometimes my opinion differs from other coaches' opinion, and that can be challenging for a competitor. Tough situation. I believe at the end of the day, though, the decision is up to the competitor. When I think of high-level sports like football, for example, there's a head coach, and then there are separate coaches for different specialties. These specialists are trusted to do their job and do it well. Conflicting messages from coaches not only undermines the confidence of the competitor in the coach, but the competitor's overall confidence themselves. Competing means a lot to us. The dedication that it takes to do what we do to get to stage, the last thing we want to feel is that a stone was left unturned somewhere. No one wants to find out that 12, 16, even 20 plus weeks. For me, I'm planning a a show next year and I'm about six months out of show. Nobody wants to think that all that time that you spent preparing for a show was affected by anything 
that could have been easily avoided. For most of us, we can't just get back on stage weekly. I know I can. There is a process to competing. You dial into the show and bring your body fat levels down to uncomfortable levels. Then, just as carefully, you dial out of a show to give your body a break from being on poverty calories and to also have enough time to grow and improve muscle. You should be getting better with every competition. And if you're on PEDs, you have to go through an additional process of post-cycle therapy to allow your body to go back to some sort of hormonal balance. I personally haven't gone through this process since I've never taken PEDs, but I do know people that have, and I will be bringing on experts in a future show to shed some light on this taboo topic that I think just completely gets swept under the rug. My point in talking about the process of competing pre and post show is to say that there is so much time preparing for a show and in between shows. The last thing you want is to have to wait another six months or a year to get another chance on stage to correct something you should have known about. It always amazes me how influential coaches are over their athletes. Something to ask yourself. Think about. Has your coach asked you what you want to do? What your goals are and how they can help you achieve them? I hope one thing you take away from this podcast is that competing is a hobby. Hobbies are supposed to be fun. Hobbies are supposed to be fulfilling as well. I deep dive more on this in the PDF ebook that I wrote. It's the one I mentioned in the intro and the outro of this podcast. I really give you some things to make you go, hmm, remember that song? You are spending a lot of money for this hobby. It should be about you and what your best interests are. Keep this in the back of your head and go grab the ebook to hear some more of my real talk advice. One time I was working with a competitor on her posing for a fitness universe competition. She had competed before, but wanted to up her game and get a pro card. She was planning to do one of the biggest shows of the year in Las Vegas that attracts hundreds of competitors. Doing the show meant paying for multiple days of hotels, flight, food prep for travel, which is different, on top of all of the usual show expenses. And here's the kicker. Doing a Fitness Universe show is very different than doing shows in the NPC, the WNBF, the OCB, or even WBFF shows. What makes this federation different is you are scored on your individual presentation. This is probably going to be very foreign to a lot of you listening to this right now who are used to being in the lineup with your, with your group and being moved around on stage and compared and whatnot. This is completely different. You're not scored against other athletes while standing in a row on a designated line across the stage. Instead, you walk out by yourself and your presentation along with your physique is scored then. No matter which division either in this federation, from male model to female model to figure, you're scored individually. They're looking for more modely type of people. They're not looking for, you know, a bodybuilder type of atmosphere but they're looking for fit people. So it's it's a very different experience that it's it's often going to be considered opposite from a lot of you people that are that are competitors that have competed before and and this is going to be very foreign to you. So anyways, I worked with her for many weeks on a routine that made her look great and feel confident. I played with her angles to accentuate her best features and to hide her flaws. And she had an incredible transformation and she was excited to get to Vegas and show all of her hard work. And I remember being on our last call before the show and how excited we both were. I was excited for her too. How would, you know, Las Vegas, woo. Then I get a message from her the day before the show that she was told by another coach to not do what we practiced and to do what she says for her performance instead. The day before, you guys. The day before the show. And remember, 
Her performance is critical in order to score well in this federation. I told her, I think she should do what we practice, since here's the thing, at the end of the day, it matters less what she was doing. It, it ended up mattering more how she was doing it. Getting up on stage and looking like you feel like a million bucks, it will convey enthusiasm, positivity, likability, and attractiveness. For a federation that's looking for exactly these things, it is critical that you feel confident and not be a timid Tiffany on stage or a total bore. Well, guess what? She didn't do what we practiced. Too much doubt. And you know what else? She didn't stand out because, well, she wore the doubt all over her. And she just was lost on stage. She just did not stand out whatsoever. She looked like everybody else with no confidence. In fact, it was like someone stuck a pin in her balloon of confidence. Leading up to the show, she was confident and excited because she felt prepared. The message the day before the show to not do what we practice deflated her confidence because she no longer felt prepared. What an epic fail. For both of us, that was a lot of time that I put into it as well, and, and I genuinely care about how, how, what my competitors feel and how they're doing, and I want them to succeed. So for this to happen was just, was just so disappointing. And then after the show, she decided to try again, and this time she changed her mind and said she was going to do what we practiced this time. Well, guess what? She not only lit up the stage, she captured the judge's attention and took home a first place trophy and a pro card that day. So why do I bring this up? It's one of the strategies I teach in my free PDF at eeandbb.com. Now, if you go to eeandbb.com, there is a PDF called Five Tips Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Preparing for a Show. It's going to give you unbiased, real talk advice no matter what level you are on, and it's 21 pages. What I did was grab five of the most common mistakes competitors make when en route on their competition journey. Before the prep goggles go on, I suggest you read it and keep all five key points in the back of your head so you can better look out for yourself in an industry that is unregulated and much like the Wild West. By the way, I recommend you listen to this podcast from the very beginning too. Each of these episodes do build on each other. Just FYI there, start at episode one. These are extremely thought out podcasts. What I'm trying to do is guide you guys through a series of ahas starting from a 30,000 foot view and will guide you into more specific topics as we continue forward. So anyway, start at episode one. If you're listening to this right now and thinking, well, eh, I've got my show picked and I feel good about who I'm working with as a coach. Awesome. But let me ask you a question that I hope sticks with you throughout your entire competition journey, not just one show. I want you to ask yourself, who were you before the world told you who to be? There is one thing to ask for advice, counsel, seek out professionals, and trust the advice of the doctor, lawyer, carpenter, plumber, whatever. But also know that there are professions within professions too. I recently went to the orthopedic for my shoulder. I, I dislocated it a few years ago when re-racking a barbell and missed the latch on the left side. It was horrible. Recently, over the last year, completely unrelated, I have tendinosis in both my elbows. I had to go and see a, a different orthopedic for my elbows than the doctor I saw for my shoulder. Both are orthopedics, different specialties. There's so much more to know in the sport of bodybuilding. The more I competed, the more I realized that there is a lot of people who are not specialists who get away with coaching people because, let's face it, if you restrict calories, most people will lose weight. 
If you throw Bob on a treadmill for an hour a day after his only previous exercise was walking to get french fries at his lunch break, Bob might lose some weight for a while until his body adapts to the stimulus and it no longer works. He hits a plateau. And then he needs more stimulus to see changes. Such coach then cuts more calories to save the day. But really, guys, competing shouldn't suck that bad when you're new. The further you are from your genetic potential, the faster you will see results out the gate, no matter what you do. So the number one goal of this episode is to help you see and think for yourself. I want you to feel empowered. I want you to say no when it's not the right fit. Seek out everything and anything to be your best and gain a competitive edge. The men out there, you don't have to work with men to gain a competitive edge. Women, you don't have to work with just men or women either. Again, who were you before the world told you who to be? I think you're driven, you're focused, you're motivated to make change, and you want to look, feel, and be your best in the process. No one should ever have the power to take that away from you for their own self-gain. No coach should disallow you to work with a posing coach when he or she isn't a specialist themselves. No coach should have the power to babysit a grown adult on his or her appointments with a specialist. And no one should have the power to burst your balloon of confidence the day before show by undermining another coach's months of work with you to bring out the best in you. Go grab my PDF, read the strategies and the real talk I share in it, and never stop thinking for yourself. There is one more thing I want to touch on. People say bodybuilding is dead and not like the golden days. Well, you know what? I disagree. I don't think it's true at all. There are more divisions that are achievable for people where you don't need to spend 10 years building the physique to be competitive in them. Things are not going to get back to the way they were. We aren't going back. The standards are already higher, especially with more PEDs. It's rampant. The bodies are bigger, harder, and the high conditioning levels are now the expectation. More categories keep getting added too, so there's something for every body type, like wellness, for example. That's new in the NPC and in the IFBB, and it's being talked about being added in other federations like the OCB, which is a drug-tested federation. And add in the men and women 35-plus master's divisions getting more and more populated too. In fact, I saw that there is a world championships for the master's divisions being added to the IFBB in 2022. It's huge. People have asked me, How do you survive in an industry where most people come and go in a short amount of time? I would say because I evolved with the changing environment, I never stopped setting personal goals, and I kept my health a priority. Bodybuilding doesn't have to be short-lived for you to do the same. Never stop evolving, learning, setting both short-term and long-term personal goals, and seeking out the specialists to help you fine-tune all aspects of your show prep so you can become your best over years of time, and not just over a few months of prep. Go to eeandbb.com and read it. I want you to see bodybuilding from a 30,000-foot view. You have more control than you think. Do you, boo. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Go check out that PDF at eeandbb.com, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. And please, please, please help me convince iTunes that I'm awesome. And go give me a sweet review if you don't mind. Even if it's not sweet, give me an honest review, whatever you want. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. What are the things you need to know before competing in a bodybuilding competition? The Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast is dedicated to taking out the guesswork in the industry and exposing all these strategies. Learn five things I think you should know before your next show by downloading your free ebook called Five Tips Every Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Competition at www.eeinbb.com. 
It's all the no-nonsense information you need, whether you are male or female, bodybuilder, physique, figure, bikini, or wellness competitor. It's free, so just go download my five tips every competitor needs to know before your next show at eeandbb.com.